Fanshawe College. This is Ilhan, and I'm the multimedia reporter for the Interbank. Welcome to the podcast. Everything is on the rise. Cases, panic, homework, fatigue, and if it feels like you are slowly drowning in the abyss that is 2020, you're not alone. With the reopening of schools across all levels, COVID-19 cases are on the rise in Ontario. But with classrooms moving to a more socially distanced and virtual world, it's interesting to note the largest uptake in cases have been within and continue to be the student population, specifically 20 to 29-year-olds. Here in London, the returning of students marked a concerning spike, high enough to reopen conversations about restrictions, and with Thanksgiving around the corner, that conversation is only but amplified. This coupled with the increased anti-mask vitriol and lack of accountability, where is London headed? Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Sarah Wallace, a third-year Western student and the culture editor for the Gazette, the Western University student-run newspaper. Hi, Sarah. Thank you Hello. for joining me. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I could be doing better. Uh, it's nice to see a face, <laughs> even though it's through a computer screen. I would love to have seen you in person, um, but I guess this will suffice. <laughs> I mean, we got to do what we got to do, right? It is what it is. That is the motto of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> So to start us off, I loved your article on CBC. I thought it was really important that you emphasize that students take accountability and responsibility during a global pandemic. You did mention that some of your viewpoints were draconian. Do you still believe you're asking too much from students? No, not at all. And that's the thing. I did mention that they were draconian because at the time I was like, oh, like restricting students from going out, restricting students from going to to like campus and stuff like that's completely obscure no I completely think now that I'm like no that's crazy like this is just normal this is how it should be this is how it needs to be so speaking of that I feel like a lot of students even in your article you recognize that there are students that did not agree with you there are students that wanted to go against the rules because they felt like it was um, unfair did you get a lot of pushback from your article No. And that's what I was surprised about. Like my editor had told me like, Sarah, you're going to get a lot of blowback for this. And I said, well, this isn't the first time and this won't be the last time. So I actually got a lot of positive feedback, especially from like professors and stuff. And I got it from students as well. Most of them seem to agree with me because it seems to be the vocal minority is going out and partying, but the majority of us are trying to be safe and staying inside. So speaking of the vocal minority, obviously there's a lot less people on campus than usual. Do you think FOCO, um, surprisingly going, hold on, let me rephrase that. So for sure, <laughs> with, as I was saying, student behaviors are obviously, hold on, what did I say first? Um, oh, I said something about Western. I had a really great transition for that. <laughs> You had mentioned something about speaking about the vocal minority. Yes, there you go. Speaking about the vocal minority, a lot of students can't live on campus as per usual. And obviously, FOCO was not too long ago. Are you surprised that there was more partying on campus than off campus since Brothdale was very quiet this year? Yeah, so there was virtually no one on Brothdale. I don't, I think there was one or two houses that had a party on the lawn, but it wasn't too too big of a deal I was very surprised and disappointed that there were so many people in the residences because those residences are very very small like most of them are and most of them are 
they're designed after a jail and there's a purpose for that. So to see a lot of the house parties happening in residence is very disappointing because they're going to infect a lot more people in a shorter amount of time than they would if they were necessarily a house party. So you mentioned that the residences are built like jails. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Sure. So Soggy Maitland Hall was designed after a jail in the 60s. It was built in 1969 and it was designed after a jail because that was optimal use for the most amount of people. There are several residences in Guelph that are also made after that. So shout out to One Low. That's where I live for first year. But yeah, it's that's how it's the second biggest residences in Canada is that it's designed after a jail where there's so many, there's so many packed people in there. So even when it's 70% full, like they are, like Western says they are, that's still probably close to like a thousand people in there. Wow. I did not know that. That is very yeah. interesting. You yeah. would not, you would think Western would put the student experience at the forefront, not how can, how many people can we jam pack in one area to get as much money as possible? Yep. And that's the thing is that the student experience is so emphasized at Western. Like that's why our, like our homecoming and our FOCO, like it was kind of pushed to a side, but that's why we have in-person classes. That's why they're still doing some events on campus. That's why we're open 20% is because the that's what they pride themselves on is that they're one of the top experiences and like good for them I guess in any other normal year I completely understand but this is not a normal year. Absolutely you are 100% correct this 2020 is no normal year. (laughs) Nowhere close. So clearly there's a disconnect between students living on campus and off campus. Do you think living on campus is on living on campus, excuse me, encourages students to wild out, especially since you said Western prides itself on the student experience? I think so, because like literally two years ago, I was a first year. So you're going away for the very first time for most people. And for them, it's a chance like it's summer camp for eight months a year. So I completely understand why students are acting the way they are. Does that mean that I appreciate it? But does does that mean that I don't condemn it? No, because obviously you have to be responsible this time. But for students who are going away for the first time, who are potentially drinking for the first time, partying, it's giving them the environment to facilitate this behavior. Do you think that it's on Western to up the ante, I guess, when it comes to consequences to highlight that this behavior is not okay? Oh, for sure. Because it's going to defer them from, it's going to deter them from continuing this behavior. So it's really up to Western for this. And I apparently heard a little bit that they are doing it, but it's obviously not enough because we're the first university to report an outbreak, even though a bunch of it was off campus. But I think it was a hundred or so students were put on academic, like not probation, but there was a hundred students at least that Western kind of called out on that were in residence after partying for FOCO. So of course, obviously we're both students and speaking about the student experience and partying, a lot of partying is always seen as a stress reliever. Do you feel like this may be the student's way, especially during a pandemic and after our quarantine of just kind of de-stressing? Oh, for sure. Like 
my mental health has taken a real hit. Like I suffer from depression and anxiety. So for me to be cooped up as an extrovert is very, very difficult and has really, really affected how I view the world and how I view myself. So I completely understand why people are going out and partying and stuff because you want to see your friends. You want to make those social connections. You don't want to feel like this is going to be the rest of your life because for the immediate future, it is going to be the rest of your life. So I completely understand why people are setting loose going at it because like if I I would too and I completely get it I would too but I am making the responsible decision as everyone else should to stay inside wear your mask and stay home and it's the right decision to make and I thank you for it speaking of stressed out students as we discussed we're both students in the latter ends of our program yep and of course, you'd mentioned you're going through it mentally right now. How do you feel like virtual the virtual classroom has been for you? To put it frankly, it's absolute garbage. <laughs> I, I feel you. I feel that in my soul right now. It's absolute <laughs> absolutely garbage. I and hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. And I feel for the profs and our teachers because they don't like it either and they're struggling as well, especially because this is the first semester where we're virtually all online for Fanshawe, for Western, for all the universities and colleges. But that doesn't mean that we have to deal with this. This is absolutely terrible. There's assignments that are sneaking up on me that I don't even know. And let, let me be clear, I am a very good student. I am struggling a lot and I am very concerned that my marks are gonna drop immensely because of all the pressure that profs are putting on us. I had scheduled around my classes to be Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays. I am working every single day of the week now because profs are putting lectures and stuff on the weekends now. I'm supposed to be going home for Thanksgiving tomorrow and I know that I'm going to be spending that whole period of time doing schoolwork and assignments because I have an assignment due on Thanksgiving. That is and crazy. Yes. You should not have anything due on Thanksgiving. I'm not I even know. allowed to work on Thanksgiving. You shouldn't have to hand in work if you can't work. <laughs> I know. And so, I don't know. I think that profs are kind of taking advantage that they can do that the whole time because they expect us to be in the present all the time. But I'm so behind on readings and assignments and I'm stressed that they're not going to give us the benefit of the doubt. I honestly feel very similar to that. I'm lucky that some professors really understand the struggle. My program literally is about being in person. I'm inspired about telling stories from the people I'm around. And so it's really, really difficult to actually get any work done. And just as you said, assignments are piling up quicker than I can even read any of them. And next thing I know, I'm up at 5 a.m. till literally 8 p.m. staring at a computer screen by myself in a basement and I'm like this is what I'm paying for this is what my education is going to be and it seems ridiculous I had a professor literally cancel class this morning because he didn't know how to use the uh online virtual class for an activity so I'm like I can't go to class because you don't know how to use the computer this is ridiculous (laughs) it happened to my sister as well because my sister goes to Brock and she was taking a math class to fulfill that requirement to take a science And her prof canceled her first three lectures because they couldn't do the component that would allow them to participate in the math. So she's like, yeah, I think for the total of my first three classes, I had like 30 minutes of math and it's supposed to be three hours. And I'm like, kid, you're kidding me. Like, I get it. Like the information and 
the way to facilitate Zoom calls is really hard. Like I had a one-on-one with my prof a few days ago and the audio on his end wasn't working. So we had to call in and I had to call his landline to be able to talk to him for an hour. So like, I get it. It's difficult. It's hard, but it's been like, I think we're going on week five, week six. Right. And we had the entire quarantine. I would have thought to prepare for this semester, but it seems like everyone waited till last minute to figure out programs and what to do and where to do it and how to do it. And so they're still figuring it out as we're going along. And I'm like, I understand just as you said, professors are feeling that same pressure because they're in the same position as we are. We're all going through this pandemic, but I'm paying for my education. You're paying to teach me. There's the difference. <laughs> and everyone pulls all nighters, even when they're professors and stuff. Like right? it's just the culture that we've gone with. And yeah, we're the paying. Cult- thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to be in London to be teaching our courses and we're not being taught we're not being taught properly you might as well put that I am a professor on my resume basically it's self-study that's literally what this year has been it's self-study and I did not realize I was going to pay almost 10 grand to study by myself (laughs) yeah literally I, I truly wish that they would have reduced the tuition. Speaking of tuition, do you feel like, I don't know if Western did this, I know Fanshawe did, for certain programs, including my own, they raised the tuition for international students, which is crazy to me because you're getting less of a quality of education, but you have to pay more. Did they raise the prices for, in tuition at Western? Yeah, so they raised the prices of tuition for international students. They did not for domestic students because we are on a freeze by the Ford government, I think. So for the past two years, they have not raised ours, but they did raise international tuition. I'm not sure by how much, but it was enough that international students have been fighting back and have launched complaints against the university. And I'm sure it's the same with Fanshawe. Absolutely. They have raised, I know other universities have also raised for everyone, but Western only did for international students. As did Fanshawe, which I think is very ludicrous to be honest with you I have a lot of international friends um, in this particular program I'm in and they all were complaining about why am I paying five six hundred dollars more when I'm getting less of the education I was going to I don't have access to the equipment I don't have access to the professors I don't have access to the resources that I'm paying to have access to and nobody seems to care and I don't understand that literally every person they've spoken to it's oh they hit a dead wall each and every time it's a game of phone tag talk to this person to talk to this person to talk to this person just to tell you oh sorry nothing's gonna happen and I I I feel like somebody needs to be looking out for them because just like you said we have a tuition freeze for domestic domestic students so we don't have to worry about that but I don't know man it is absolutely ridiculous (laughs) we're definitely not on even playing fields which is not fair for anyone in this circumstance like we can say that we're taking advantage of it but what does that make us that makes us awful people exactly and I'm just I'm very concerned that second semester is only going to get worse what do you think I think it's gonna get worse I'm I still have a tinge of hopefulness that teachers will learn and adapt their curriculum after using this as like a test pilot thing, which is still terrible because we're guinea pigs. But I have a tinge of hope that it'll get better, but I really don't know. And I, I've lost faith in the world. <laughs> the tinge of hope that you have on professors learning from this, professors and teachers, it's not just university students that are in school right now, but professor educators, let's say, mm-hmm. 
your hope that educators learn from this semester. Um, I feel for you because I, girl, I've lost that hope a long time ago. <laughs> that hope has long gone. There are educators out there that describe wearing a mask as abusive, bending the knee to tyranny, an act of political theater. And just based off their responses to something that we both agree is essential to stop the spread of COVID, it just, it makes me lose hope that any second semester is going to be any good, to be honest with you. It, it's going to get downhill. It's going to go downhill. <laughs> people are getting caution fatigue, which is when you have enough of the quarantine rules after following them for so long. And I get it because obviously I don't want to go on the bus and wear a mask. I barely want to go on the bus. But, telling me. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that masks don't work. They obviously do work as we've shown with Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. <laughs> like we might need to bring this up because if you might as well say you are a Trump supporter, if you are not wearing a mask. At this point, it's becoming synonymous, to be honest with you, because once Trump caught the Rona, I thought people would smarten up and say, hey, if he can catch it, maybe this actually is a real thing. But no, no, he literally said, oh, it made me stronger. Uh, I <laughs> Anybody, Since this is an audio medium, you can't see me face palming, but that's exactly what I'm doing right now, because at this Both point- Both of us are just <laughs> like in utter disbelief right now. <laughs> Absolutely. I was truly hoping that anti-mask groups would think twice since he caught uh, COVID, but it does not look like anything is slowing down, especially since he's emphasizing the fact that, hey guys, it made me stronger. Just as you said, people are going to think, oh, if he can survive it, anybody can. And I'm like, you also remember he has oh, probably the best medical team ever since he's the president of the United States, you don't. <laughs> so yeah. your behind is going to get sick and you're going to probably fall into a lot of debt because we're talking about the United States and their healthcare system. But that's another story. But I really was hoping that people in Canada would smarten up, to be honest with you. I would hope. And did you see that London is holding an anti-mask rally? I've seen they've held a couple over quarantine, but it was quiet. And now this one coming up, I feel like it's going to be a lot bigger than it should so yeah, yeah, I've been hearing about it. Do you know when it when it is? So I think it was Sun. So it was last Sunday because my roommate had driven by and seen them and utterly was just shocked by it. She sent me a picture right away. She sent me the Facebook post. I got it from a bunch of people saying, hey, hey, look at this, that they're doing this. So I think it's every Sunday. And what is absolutely atrocious about it is that their their picture for the campaign is two children wearing t-shirts that basically imply my body my choice which is absolutely and it's horrifying i don't i don't even know how to react to that because that is co-opting a very different a slogan for a very specific different type of situation to something completely different. I just, I don't understand how the two correlate together, but apparently someone out there does. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I hate how children are continuously being used to push this idea that it's child abuse. It's, it's an egregious act. It's shameful to wear a mask, like leave children alone, let them live and be healthy and follow the rules and teach them that following the rules sometimes is more important than 
doing what you would like to do, even though it may inconvenience you a little bit. I just feel like we're teaching a lot of the youth right now that it's okay to say no to community. Yeah. It's like, do you remember in elementary school when we used to be punished for one child doing the whole thing wrong? So we used to have detention. This is exactly what this mask is. We have one child in a class of 30 that is deciding, hey, I'm going to act up just to get the rest of the class in trouble. And in this scenario, the rest of the class is the world. <laughs> exactly. And we are not having it because I would love to be outside as often as I would like to be. I would love to be in front of people, including you. But like mm -hmm. we said earlier, we all have to make those sacrifices to ensure that we have a future, one that soon enough we'll be able to enjoy and leave behind the quote unquote new normal of 2020, excuse me. <laughs> Yeah, and I feel bad because I'm lucky that my program doesn't necessarily need to be face-to-face, -face, even though I would really love that connection with my profs. But programs like yours, programs like science, like you can't do, the science labs are something else. They watch their TAs perform the experiment in front of them instead of them doing them themselves. That Those is memes about doctors in 2030, like <laughs> screwing it up. I'm actually terrified that that's going to be what it is. I know someone who's paying like $20,000 to go to medical school and it's all on Zoom. Excuse me? Medical yeah. I do not want a doctor that got their degree over Zoom. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't. No, thank you. <laughs> I need somebody who's been around a human being. Oh, that is insane. It's oh, absolutely atrocious. So final thoughts. Let's try and leave on a positive note. Um, what are some things, Sarah, that you've been able to do to retain some peace in your life? So I've, I am an athlete, so I love to exercise. And even though the gyms have been closed, which has really sucked, my house backs onto a park. So I'm able to go running in the park, which is great because That's it gets fantastic. me some fresh air and to start moving and stuff. And there's been a lot of great Netflix documentaries that have come out, like The Social Dilemma, which is all about social media and its influence, which I mean is kind of bleak, but you know, it's a good documentary anyways. <laughs> there's a lot of good content that people are being able to find and hopefully we just keep going, moving on and just adapting to our environment. Absolutely, that is the key. I think, as you said before, caution fatigue is something that I think everyone is feeling right now where you just want to give up. But just as you said, we got to hang in tight and push through. For Thanksgiving, I know you said you were going home. Are you worried that you have to quarantine when you come back? What are the rules surrounding that? Because I've been hearing so many different things coming out of Western and Fanshawe. To be completely honest, I'm really not even sure because the rules are changing every single day. I know that it was announced by our university yesterday evening that we should not be traveling to areas like Toronto, Peel, the GTA, and I'm from the GTA, but uh -oh. I, yeah, I know, but I am going home because I kind of need to be home with my family right now. Like it's like, as I said before, it isn't affecting my mental health. So I kind of, I want to be around my family at some points. So it's really difficult because I don't even know Western's not testing non-symptomatic students anymore, which I think is completely insane. I understand their reasoning that they only have a minimal amount of tests, but that's completely insane to do right before Thanksgiving. Like, Absolutely. Afterwards, but, you know, <laughs> that's none of my business. 
that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah, that's a conversation for another day. But I, I genuinely don't even know the rules. And I think that's another issue is that people really don't know because they're changing every day. And that's the scary part. Since it's changing every day, you hear something, I hear something, somebody else hears something, and we all have to kind of come together and figure out what makes the most sense. But that takes critical thought. Some people will just take the first piece of information and run with it. And that is my worst fear. So hopefully people will begin to explore many different news outlets to try and understand what the rules are moving forward, what is actually happening in this world. But with that being said, I do hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving, a safe Thank one. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, I, I realistically, I will be stuck inside doing all those assignments that I have to do, including the one due on Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh my, I cannot believe you have an assignment due on Thanksgiving. That is crazy to me. The funniest thing is we all know it's not going to be marked. Like we know it's not going to be marked on on the Monday because it's Thanksgiving. So why not just do it the Tuesday? But you know, neither here nor there. Is That's there... none of my business, I suppose, except it kind of is. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, Sarah? No, but I would just like all the viewers to continue listening in because Ilhan is an amazing, amazing podcast host. <laughs> and then to read the Interabang, which comes out bi-weekly and to read the Western Gazette, follow us on social media, and we have articles that are always current, always new. We get the breaking news from Western. So keep an eye out for those. Absolutely. And continue to keep an eye out for this Gazette and Interobang crossover, because hopefully more shall come. And thank you so much again, Sarah, for sitting down here and talking with me. And thank you all so, so much for listening. Just as Sarah mentioned, remember to check out the Interobang and the Gazette on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, everyone.